This podcast is powered by Scenes by Avalon. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast Connecting the Dots by Shashank Udupa. And the main reason why I'm doing this podcast is in life we usually connect the dots backwards and that gives us a lot of insight into how we have grown as an individual and with th- keeping that in mind i have also done the same podcast but by interviewing a lot of prominent figures in the industry with entrepreneurs influencers and talking to them about how they have connected the dots in the past and what they see connecting the dots in the future as well so that is what this podcast is all about so i hope you guys enjoy it and everything in this podcast is only for educational purposes and not a recommendation to buy or sell hey guys welcome to another episode uh, of connecting the dots and today with me i have a very special guest uh, bharat sethi who's also the founder of rage coffee now a lot of you guys have heard of rage coffee um, it's a very different take on the traditional coffee their branding is very cool very insane very millennialish uh, so today we have bharat sethi here so hey bharat sethi how are you good good how are you shrank thank you for having me Awesome. So, Bharat, let me kick this off, right? I want to ask your journey of connecting the dots, where we talk about your journey of how you built Rage Coffee till now. Like, how did you reach till here? And the main premise here is that if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here today. Right? So, that is basically okay. what the connecting the dots is. So, what is your journey? What is your journey up till now? So, Shashank, for me, I think, uh, you know, I've... Uh, for as long as i know i've been an entrepreneur yeah <laughs> because i've been you know i started a very young um, i had my first official company when i was 21 wow. but um, but i started uh, you know entering the world of startups at 16 because i did something uh, you know as a side gig then i went to college i in the last year of my college i hardly went to college but yeah. i was assisting somebody uh, you know who was working on a digital marketing startup this is mm-hmm. 2010 Wow. So so this was like uh, a decade back and we you know we did not have the flip cards we did not have the mm. uh, you know the the glamorous tech stories back then this was, was pre funding pre startup school wala era pre everything bro <laughs> like you know it's 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 before uh, you know 50 million dollars would be deployed in a in the country of in course. venture capital in a year yeah entire year, right yeah. so so it's very different uh, it was a different era but luckily i did not know about anything like mm. i did not know about vc funding angel funding uh, you know product market fit and uh, lean startups and startups you know mere ko to dhanda karna tha so for me i i uh, when i i did not sit for college placements and i was dragged by a couple of my friends to go for college placements and and i was a very bright kid throughout my school like i was a 90% of class i was doing wow. academic i was wow. playing i was playing football i was doing debating and so and you know i i i realized that i i'm different in terms of how i think about you know uh, my career yeah um, in college and i realized that i don't want to get into this writers and i mm. somehow i had that i don't know what it was but i somehow had that understanding that a corporate job would suck me in yeah and i did not want to get sucked into something so early in my life and i wanted to uh, you know feel and see firsthand mm. of how how uh my skills could be utilized in mm. in reality because when i was looking at people who were doing you know seniors who were doing the jobs they were doing uh most of them would end up you know being in very very similar jobs no mm. matter what they studied right yeah. so so for me the the upside was if 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 the education really doesn't matter in building a business then why not go ahead and take a dab at that rather than trying to work for someone 
correct so and but i did try <laughs> i i you know thought that i'll collect uh, some money and then is when i will start um, and i was not sure what i would start but i went into a job left my first job in four days wow it was a disaster man i just i just didn't turn up the fifth day it was like i don't want to so you didn't this. resign you just said you know what screw it i'm i just didn't show up else any other done <laughs> i i just didn't show up because if you still in the training period and yeah. uh, you know the kind of work that i saw that i would have to do there i was just not interested like right you see right the, you have some self respect sometimes and that that yeah. sometimes go you know uh, you you're not in your mind you want to you're leaving college and you want to rule the world and you you True. want to tame the world but that path would not have given me what i wanted personally for me everybody has yeah. their own aspiration and their own journeys but for me that would not have been sufficient and i had nothing to lose so mm. why not right i had nothing to lose um so 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 that happened and then i joined another job left that in four months um i then went and started working for a uh startup hmm. and there i worked for one year only to realize that company to bahut aasan hai chalane yaar aise company chalti hai matlab kuch bhi ho raha hai company to is working right? awesome. anything is happening there right good, yeah. and i was like okay this is this i can do and i was 21 you know say i can do this and by that time i had this you know i was very young to to actually think of it uh, in that sense but now i know it was an epiphany yeah. for me because i just realized that i will not work for somebody someone else hmm. that was the decision i took that uh, you know you know god give me the part to not be running after jobs hmm. and i was very childish right it was a very um, i would say immature thought at that time yeah. but it gave me the courage to do what i was doing because my only my only driving force or my only uh you know the, the adrenaline that i got of the kick that i got of starting my own company was because i would not have to do the work that i don't want to do Correct. only it was only in hindsight that i realized that an entrepreneur's job is way tougher <laughs> because you have to do every you know everything and you have to actually do more more than what you thought there's no But job profile there <laughs> there's no job profile yeah but still the kick was there right the it yeah. was my calling right it was my calling which i just happened to realize early on in my life mm. and i happened to take action for it yeah so anyways it was a, it was a lot of uh, you know uh, back and forth in terms of my own decision making in my own mind i was never sure that if this is right that is right because again i keep coming back to the same point that when you're young very young like i was 21 right and i mm. literally i did not want to take money from my family um to start a business and i did not have my savings hmm. what could i i have done uh, you know was always the question but i kept thinking about it it never left my mind is, yeah. you know, is what i can say and 2011 is when i started uh, 2012 uh, may is when i started but i started working on postgali in 2011 the idea was to simply build a marketplace for fan merchandise hmm. um and obviously it was a completely empty market because there was no there was no amazon there was uh, the category of wall art affordable wall art was completely uh, you know non existent at the time yeah so so for me i just looked at this as a really 
uh, low hanging fruit opportunity like you know mm. this is something which is a passion mm. and then i started working on it and then i went into it and i realized yaar ki there is there is tremendous amount of work right because i was as a such a young person i was you know i did not have a pan card you know i did not have a wow. bank account i did not know how to you know start a current account Hmm. i did not know anything about taxation vat cst you know there was no gst at the time hmm. like agreements contracts and hiring people or hiring to still payment was... gateway at that point because now we have razor pay which is easy i think at so that you... time there was nothing right you mentioned a very interesting point because you know it took me i still remember this as a story because it took me 6 months to get a payment gateway exactly yeah and and there was no one who could give me the payment gateway apart from this one company who had just come up and nobody was giving them payment gateway that was that is why they took you know they took my request that you know i don't have a vat certificate please so there was, there was a lot of trouble in fact you would not believe if i tell you this sashank that i was the one who got shopify to india but wow. but as a as a customer not as yeah. a, you know as a team member here but yeah. i continuously emailed them that you should set up you should integrate so i so they basically you know how shopify works right Correct. shopify at the time was simply a saas platform and payment integration is what they needed hmm. so they could be in uh, they could be in an african country they could be if it was the country of choice or they could be in a southeast asian country or they could be in north america they just needed a payment gateway integration that model hmm. would work correct and they did not have that so i mailed the founder i mailed uh, their team and wow. you know i got this payment gateway company to partner with them like oh my god <laughs> wow you know, and and all this was happening while i was in my job oh shit so wait you were doing a full time job and working part i mean and working in yes. your free time on this so it's almost 24 hour cycle i mean your mind space yeah. is all, all automatically working 24 hours right yeah my, yeah, god. Yeah. my god and i was and i was uh, very very uh, consciously i realized that i you know had this uh, basically this job which would would require me to travel Uh, almost about three hours, maybe four also at times uh, on a daily basis because it was uh, on the outskirts of um, Gurgaon and Delhi. Wow. So it was at least at least fifty sixty kilometers, even maybe hundred kilometers actually. Uh, you know, outside of uh, the border, hmm. I was doing. I was doing up. You was know, every day. Forth. Every day, yes. <laughs> no, no wonder you don't like working now. <laughs> Oh my god. No man, it, it, but that taught me a lot. That taught me about, you know, about everything to do with uh, you know, self respect yeah. and about 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 doing the dirty work, about the possibility of doing work in reward after that, right? Because yeah. Uh, the only the real world can teach you your test textbooks and your college will not really teach you this ever and when you push into the real world, mm. you realize that this is how things work right so so Correct. so it was it was a, like i will not take away anything from any of the experiences i had yeah. um, and every experience has you know given me something to even before starting postgali obviously yeah. i made a lot of mistakes right but but in hindsight it, at the time it made it seemed like good decisions hmm. postgali started and it was a crazy ride after that we we were the only ones doing what we were doing there was a huge demand in the market Mm. and uh, you know we were you know i was it was a five six people company for one year and we were making a lot of money like mm. we really just made a lot of money because we we for the longest time nobody understood what we were doing 
till the marketplaces got a hang of it and they realized this is the category they should go after they you know and we obviously we got more traffic than snapdeal at the time wow till snapdeal wow. got funded and stuff like that um you know but but yeah i mean because but because i was not a business mm-hmm. i did not have the business uh uh foresight at the time i couldn't scale the company from x to 10x to 100x hmm. it it took me and we were doing brilliantly i will not take away anything right but we hmm. were just being hard on ourselves because we minted money at the time right hmm. just five six people and i was the single founder um you know we did really well but but there were a lot of learnings because you know facebook acquisition you know cost structures how branding works online how do you influence people online you know hmm. Not and this was like a this was like a decade back right so i Correct. learned everything on the job literally every day day in day out about legal stuff right um accounting uh, mm. these things these things only somebody who's really doing it day and night would learn so that happened man postgresql was a you know completely a roller coaster right in, in all sense because we just we just kept growing month on month and uh we raised some capital from some of the top investors in the uh, company at the time hmm. um and you know we we did really well for everybody who was a part of that journey we exited the company in 2016 hmm. and um you know it was it was a great feeling obviously because we had by in four years we had built a brand for our audience really loved it with very high repeat cohorts and for me i realized the importance of not just following my passion but also following big markets because correct uh, you know correct. what happened at, what happened for me was that i i realized that there's only as much as the market can hold i mean i can do 10 times more right and hyper competitive markets offer you know big rewards hmm. Uh, hmm. but 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 you have to do it there is no single formula for success in those markets um so by 25 26 i had learned like a lot about e-commerce and yeah. brand building and business acumen and all the functions of the you know of a company like hmm. if the foundation is strong you can really build on top of this wow um so so that happened and the you know it it was it was great because we really i think for the audience that you were reaching out to we really went ahead and built a brand and we were able to deliver consistently day after day hmm. and it was a very complex business model it was hmm. extremely complex at the manufacturing side right and you we were profitable so so it was a great business i would say but it was not a business that would that would feed my appetite hmm. and that yeah. is where I, that is where i thought that okay i don't want to be in competition with mintra i don't want to be in competition with the other guys who are just want to copy and the time paperfly came up and mintra came up mm. and amazon sellers started to copy our product at left hand center uh, we had to pay pay artist commissions and we you know we couldn't the margins just couldn't hold that and the dynamics changed in like just two years and mm. especially in 2015 16 uh, but we had since we built the brand we got a really high uh, you know valuation metric and we were able to um, you know have good returns and i honestly at the time was also super burnt out because yeah. this yeah. this these four years i was like a horse with my blinders day in day out day in day out yeah yes and i you know it was an extremely exhausting ride a mm. extremely rewarding one but extremely exhausting ride also and and uh, it it taught me a lot 
so so that's the postugali journey then i went and did something in b2b commerce um mm. and and that was uh purely i would say a market opportunity my passion that b2b commerce was little and that was the reason it you know we we tried to do a lot with and we also did substantially well there but i think we just failed in delivering value to the people who we were mm. trying to service um and it took me it took me about 15 months to, to figure realize, that out yeah yeah so so that was it and uh, again a lot of learnings though but 2018 is when i started you know i took 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 a year off hmm. um but the idea was to take you know taking the year off in in just figuring out what's next because what's by next, the time yeah. by the by the time you know uh, i got married and i was looking at essentially just building a unicorn like my idea was to build a unicorn but not build a unicorn what in terms of unicorn what it means right? i want profitable unicorn my, i wanted to build my own unicorn correct 500 crores in 5 7 years is what my motive was and that that is where that would something that it, to me it seemed like it would feed my appetite hmm. Hmm. um and these big big goals and these big audacious uh, numbers were very important to me because i was coming from a successful story hmm. to see one and a half two years of almost continuous failure hmm. um and to then be be in a position to to really have the perspective and the lens to see you know it's not written that i will be successful and i could also lose all all of the you know you know thing that i've done right. and that fear was very important because uh, i really looked at the market from a very analytical lens and you know i really wanted to spend maximum time before starting something then trying to pivot continuously after starting hmm um and i wanted to focus on my passion as well as the market opportunity so that intersection was critical hmm. and i would want i wanted to focus on my skills and my team skills because by the time uh, you know we were starting uh, rage i built a really good team who, oh. who who didn't want to leave me and i didn't want to leave them hmm. <laughs> you know and oh. you know and i i we got an office you, you imagine right i got an office i had no idea nothing i got an office i placed all of these uh, 8 10 people there and i said do what you want to do and we will try and figure out uh, your monthly paychecks yeah oh my god <laughs> and this is 2018 february wow um, and so that that's what that's what happened and you know coffee happened because i think i think it was a it was that it was it just ticked all of these points that i mentioned hmm. but beyond that i really you know went and did a lot of primary research hmm. uh i went and started talking to the distributors the entire trade the supply chain i you know looked at the numbers and hmm. i then validated those numbers and looked at uh, you know european markets and american markets and what what was happening in the coffee space there hmm. um and there were there were just too many gaps in the market so hmm. i figured that this is a great space to go after and the idea was to build build like a uh it is large fmcg company it was not the at that time the idea was not to do only coffee hmm. okay the idea was to house these very interesting uh, you know snacking products brands. and supplements yeah. and brands um not really brands but the idea was to build this this bouquet of products hmm. uh, you know with the, under different categories under the rage company 
understood right understood. and the idea was to you know the, the 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 plan that i had was to go after essentially like a i had a five year plan and a 10 year plan and did not make a two year three year plan yeah. i said <laughs> I, like I, said, I like this thinking <laughs> <laughs> direct five year plan yeah this is good it, this was important for me obviously yeah. it didn't mean anything yeah it didn't mean anything but it just you have paper, something to work towards yeah yeah on on paper it just i just felt good looking at it because we were not making any money we did yeah. not have anything any ideas you we paying rent and you we paying salaries and um, you know i was when you doing primary research right you mm. have to do the really dirty work mm. the really dirty work is going to the ground and getting yourself dirty right mm. you're talking to the contractors you're talking to the vendors you're talking to the suppliers and you're calling them continuously you so usme what happens is there is there is not like a daily dejection there is an hourly dejection shit <laughs> the calling is you know there's like your goes like your day goes like this 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 but at that stage your day goes like this yeah yeah have this entrepreneur days would go like this right yeah when you're starting up and you don't have anything and you're looking to figure out your day like good and the thing is you can spend the entire day in a you know in just on just one topic and then at the end of the day figure out oh you know this would never work so so it, i mentally i became very tough at the time because mm. it just just mental training man like yeah. that's the thing that i learned because there is nobody to fight you don't have yeah. a product you don't have a competitor yeah you can't don't blame have, anyone you can't blame anyone yeah it's you against yourself so figure and it out types you yeah. figure it out you there is a ticking bomb because you're running out of money there's only mm. as much you can do mm. Uh, so that happened, wow. man. And you know, 2018. Very interesting story. This is. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I can't. So 2018 was all about you know getting the product right. So 2018 mm. Feb is when we decided we want to do this. 2018 August is when I decided that you know let's let's uh, focus on this particular kind of product, and this is the you know. Um, disruption we want to bring to the market. Mm. So sourcing ingredients. Hmm. uh you know quality of ingredients hmm. uh packaging innovation distribution innovation hmm. so we looked at all of these metrics and that, that's when i decided that you know we want to build a brand that is that is aspirational in this segment right hmm. we want to build a a massy brand yet aspirational i get it yeah feeling premium but not not uh, premium yeah yeah but not expensive it should be something that really changes the 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 contours of the market right yeah so so that was the the, the plan was to so to to not look at the other small existing players that were there in the market right hmm. and i'm saying this with all you know humility and yeah. with a lot of uh, you know respect for everybody who's taking the market ahead but my plan was to create a dent in the duopolistic market that these two leaders were having hmm. uh, you know that was the plan from day one because that is where the meat of the market was hmm. that made mistakes in made made mistakes earlier in trying to play in niche markets yeah right you only when going to you know uh, do as much in niche markets right there's and you have ceiling. a cap ceiling yeah yes um although although the, the failure rate of a business in uh, competitive markets would be much higher much higher you, much higher the, the casualty would be much higher because hmm. 
you know, so, so that's the risk that I was willing to take, right? Hmm. Okay. And, and I don't know, like somehow, obviously in hindsight, uh, a lot of things went right, but it was, if I look at the, what went right uh, from my angle was that I just showed up. Hmm. I just continued to show up every day. That was the yeah. only thing because we were trying to go against the market standards. Hmm. Nobody used double A Arabica, single origin Arabica for an instant coffee. Hmm. Even today, nobody does. Hmm. We went and ahead and did that. Nobody short, thought of shots as a you know coffee market. Nobody thought of functionality and coffee, right? Hmm. And the formulations that we had, right? They were really disruptive for the market. And then we had a lot of consumer insights that we went ahead and um, you know basically packaged all of this together and orchestrated all of this together in a way which an average consumer would get. Hmm. We did not want to complicate coffee, whereas everybody was trying to complicate coffee. Of course, with the ground roast, this, that, etc., etc. Right? Yes, hmm. an average consumer who's going to take your business from zero to hundred hmm. is not that person. Is what we realized, and we Correct. we went and we wanted to take the journey of evolution with the consumer for five years. Hmm. Right? Okay, let's get let's get you to basically good coffee first, and then we'll get you to you know, uh, yeah. a, a, a superior tasting coffee with equipment and then we'll get you to even machines and then we'll get you to uh, some other, you know, yeah. fancy uh, coffees which you would be able to appreciate. Yeah. So, so there, was, there was a lot of insights that we, you know, kind of took from, mm. from the market. And, uh, you know, I can keep, keep going on and on telling you about there's so many instances of failure at the time because what we were trying to do was against the traditional marketing or uh, manufacturing processes and what mm. we were doing. There's a lot of IP in what we do because, and it's been going on since that day because we essentially just reimagined the supply chain. Yeah. Said, this is how we'll do this. Uh, flavors was something that was non-existent. This is, before- this is uh, something interesting, right? Because yeah, I'm also a very big fan of coffee, right? I keep experimenting with different coffees. And I remember this because I've been having coffee from God knows how many. My dad got me addicted to it because Garpe art now does glasses used to have just like that. Then um, the traditional point at that point at, uh, before Starbucks or anything even came into India was you go out, you have a cappuccino and that's it. That's your coffee. Either you get a coffee or filter coffee or cappuccino. That slowly yeah. moved on to flavoring, right? Uh, which came into caramel and hazelnut at, at the first two. And now I'm witnessing a massive trend where vanilla has come in. I think you guys have a new flavor that I want to try, which is butterscotch, because that is something that I've never tried before. Right? So I'm like, now, now I can't have normal coffee. Like for me, filter coffee is like <laughs> one-offs. Now every day I have either a vanilla coffee or a hazelnut coffee or a caramel coffee, but I can't have normal coffee. And why is that? I have no idea why. I don't know when <laughs> me as a customer have changed into flavors from traditional cappuccino and filter coffee to a sweet tooth kind of a thing, right? And I have no idea why. Do you, I mean, you've done the research. Do you know why this this customer change or behavior change that has happened? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was the bet we were making, right? When we went yeah. and said, we'll have not just a butterscotch, uh, sorry, not just an Irish hazelnut because butterscotch is, is, was the next set of flavors we launched, but the Irish hazelnut, the creme caramel that we have. Caramel mocha. We, we, not just the ones that, you know, uh, are popular, but we went ahead and innovated just to test the market on a flavor called Sparky Orange. It's a citrusy coffee, oh. right? And and it and it just tastes amazing. But I mean, obviously, people are not exposed to it, and yeah. uh, 
the insight that we had and why we wanted to compete with the cafe flavored coffee kind of model was the evolution was happening right mm. because because all these the, you know the second wave of coffee um, and the third wave of coffee have done one thing for for all the consumers around the world including india not so much but still certain population is that that you are now going to cafes and you're trying to order uh, fancy drinks something different something not the different, tradition right? yeah and once you start drinking that you get accustomed to that Hmm. In US, seventy to eighty percent of sales in Starbucks is an espresso. In India, that is just six percent to seven percent, I think. Yeah. Even lesser, I think. Yeah. Including double shot day. espresso and all that they have. Yeah, but but in in India, it's almost ninety percent is a cappuccino. So, Correct. So so it's with dairy, right? So but people wanted differentiation, then hmm. uh, that's what we went after. So we launched these flavors because we wanted to be able to give consumers the the ability to make the ability to make uh, you know like a high end coffee at home so we also mm. focus a lot on recipes for example um oh really okay this is something that we have done uh, as a as a company i would say that we are so young uh, compared to the other larger traditional players mm. but nobody can even focus on recipes because the coffee is not suitable for making recipes it would just mm. give up when you try where to, is this i tried looking at it i couldn't find the recipes on the website is it some should i have to order food. it and i'll get it oh yes we give oh, that's a very interesting point you mentioned you get a scan like a qr the top, code kind top of the ah. scanner you'll get it also awesome. on the website it is on the bottom you see recipes on the footer yeah ah. <laughs> like these ice chai latte mm. we we do one recipe every 3 days right now currently wow one recipe wow. video is posted every 3 days wow and i also see something i think there's one differentiation that i saw that you said infused with natural vitamins right and at this i think i have never seen in any coffee maker because they're only talking about how pure it is and whether it's 100% 80% roast or what type of coffee and where has it come from the origin story uh, i have never seen people infusing vitamins or vitamins inside coffee and what is the story behind that right again it was this to cater to a particular market or was it to give an add on bonus while you're drinking coffee because that is something unique that i've seen in in what you're doing you know what happened was um, we were in september 2018 hmm. and we had this product which was you know in the in the cupping sessions that we were doing hmm. in the tasting we realized that we have a winner but what was happening was that an instant coffee cannot compete in terms of caffeine quantity hmm. uh, per serving compared to a roasting ground coffee hmm. okay now what we wanted was that we and we why we wanted it was because we understood that an average consumer cares about two things when they drink their coffee one is the sensory aspect correct which is the taste and the aroma right um the other one is the caffeine kick hmm. now caffeine exactly. kick is very critical to the gen z and the millennials hmm. because that caffeine kick is the reason why they're drinking coffee and almost almost half of the audience that were drinking coffee were drinking it for the caffeine kick hmm. now now if we have a brilliantly tasting product and, and you get the caffeine yeah yes my thesis was that if you really want to disrupt the market and you want to grow like the way we did hmm. um you know we wanted a product that is not just superior in taste and quality but uh, it has to give that power that hmm. energy that kick that a consumer is 
uh, you know needing uh, from their coffee now i get the name rage now i get it now i get it now i get it. Uh, the, the idea with, the idea with the name rage was that we wanted we, you know we were building this cutting edge product right and we had only yeah. one product so we wanted to be like what's trendy what's newsworthy cool. yeah uh, what's cool what's futuristic right Hmm. um and 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 that was the idea essentially then you know uh, we wanted something that could be very universal international also like everybody hmm. should be able to make some context out of the name so correct you know i paid i paid a good sum for that domain and we got it <laughs> no but that's and actually that's actually good because this is something that we are doing as well right so we uh, i don't know whether you've heard about uh, us but you know so we have this platform called scenes that we're building and a lot of things that you mentioned um have i've gone through the same journey right with with i started off very young um my so i was working as an investment banker for a year right and i very soon realized ki boss this is not for me because i'm working 10 12 14 hours a day on saturday sunday but at the end i'm getting an x amount which is fixed whatever i do right and someone else is making x plus something so that logic i realized and i said you know what i'm going to start uh, my own company and when i jumped into it i was a finance guy who had to learn legal uh, who had to learn human resource also at that point because you have to maintain employee relations and had to learn sales which was the most difficult thing for me to learn at that point right uh, again lot of experimentation in the early days with failures we got this mantra called experiment observe and repeat right so if it works great repeat it if it doesn't go back to experiment and keep doing that and i think finally after a few years now we like focused on building a community platform because now we felt that you know what everyone needs a community to run whatever they're doing whether it's a brand or whether it's an individual uh so now we're building that but when you told me that entire journey right the burnout um there's no vacation like when we started i think i took one break in the middle for my birthday i usually go abroad and over there i was calling back and like kaisa chal raha hai kya chal raha hai what is happening because you can't switch off your brain it's, it's so annoying right and yeah. then so i yeah. quite interesting man because we worked with a lot of d2c brands at that point so um, so we worked with fireside ventures and their entire portfolio to marketing for them uh, this was i think <laughs> since when you were doing jobspire right no 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 jobspire ke baad we started avlon labs right and now okay. we're doing a scene so avlon labs was a marketing uh, company like a digital oh, services right. and marketing it, so right. at that point we worked with uh, so instead of going to every d2c brand and saying you know what let us do performance marketing we went the reverse approach we went to a vc and said we will give you a bulk deal for all your portfolio companies at sasta rate let's do that <laughs> so that actually yeah. worked out and then vc giving a recommendation no startup would be like i don't want this right uh, that worked out we helped a lot of brands do well and that's when i got exposed uh, to d2c right and i was traveling to uh, delhi also a lot i was meeting mamad guys varun uh, so lot of i mean when i saw that space i was mind blown because all this and all the founders told me the same thing right people who did this before 2010 to 2016 the change that has happened from then to now is completely vast then payment gateway is not there the ease of payments on your phone wasn't there there's no upi which is now yeah, it's not click yeah. right you're done in two three steps um so massive yeah. massive and i believe that it is just started to be honest right um yeah yeah i yeah. believe the d2c trend uh, has just started and it's it's because looking at the average joe everyone has extra little income in their pocket so anything which is under 999 is like a sweet spot <laughs> for a lot of people and that's just killing it left right center and branding sadly not sadly but branding right now plays the most important role uh, especially yeah. with gen z and you know gen y and all those people right because for yeah. them if it's something cool i'll have it 
right? And then the value crop also kicks in at the same time, and then you have that winning formula. But yeah, insane. yeah, I, I I think like there is from my lens, I feel um, it is extremely easy today to build a a a one to ten crore. Kind of a top line. Exactly. Brand. Exactly. How to and break that barrier? Yeah. In the the and obviously, like it's easy. When I say easy, I mean in circles that I know, it is. Hmm. See the see the, the glamorous aspect of D two C is glamorous because it's in the news right now. I, you know, I've been doing it for ten years, literally, right? And and I know that this is just a phase. It's it will blow. Now. It will blow up because yeah. the um it will blow up in either in a positive way in the future or you know. uh i mean it's it's very different from traditional consumer businesses mm. uh in good and in bad ways right because if you do not have the understanding and you don't have the right margins or the cost structures and the story and the branding and the marketing acquisition funnels and all of this right then you you can you you can continue to burn a lot of money it's Correct. not like your offline traditional world Correct. Um. So 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 there are pros and cons. Um. But but I feel like it's it's evolved. Obviously, it has evolved from 2010 to 2015 to 15 to 20 now, and then after COVID, things have changed dramatically. Uh. But I feel like we we still have a long way to go. Correct. Um. Uh, you know, and there should be million dollar brands which are which are. running by themselves because of the power of the products that they give the consumer and the consumerism has not set in yet mm, mm. it is setting in see in india we were still looking for the cheapest product right yeah. as you mentioned we look still looking for the deals mm. value proposition and you know there is a there is a very fine balance that you need to give in terms of worthiness to the end consumer in india mm. and that fine balance has to reflect in your business back end mm. this is when the potency of your and the scalability of your ideas there interesting if you if you don't have this then you will spend some money you will get some sales you will spend more you will get some more sales and then you know there will be a ceiling very quickly ceiling again yeah and that ceiling can come at even like 10000 rupees uh, you know because you don't because mm. you don't have so it is it is critical to uh be able to build that and this is what i realized with with rage was it is very critical to not be the product for deal hunters hmm. we we do not discount the product unless it's a reward that can be earned by you hmm. and there were many mistakes that i made right with postgali with, with so many uh, you know understanding and i know so many casualties because of discounting right hmm. if there is if there is merit in what you're doing as a product you need to discount yeah and if you price right you just need to do basic discounting um, you know to continue to get that flows but but you should not be discounting 30 40% every mm. month mm-hmm. um, just to get given sales it's very easy bro it's so easy to discount a product and get sales online mm. it is the easiest thing to do it's so easy to dump money in the market and get placements online but not sustainable offline. yeah not sustainable it will die it will yeah. die right it will die so so when you have a long term a decade long term kind of a vision for your brand you will not mis- make those mistakes and this is what is my key learning hmm. you know uh, condensed into uh, one uh, learning if i can share with you is that 
think think long term about what you are building as an entrepreneur you know there are the, the short term and the easy routes are very easy and everybody can take them i'm telling mm. you we are a very enterprising country correct we have a lot of energy a lot of enthusiasm we have great people great minds but what we lack as a country is the vision of long term as the vision to think long term we see it mm. everywhere we see it in the politics in the sports in the training that we do for our sports people and you know we're not able to give that long term view and and you know when zomato's ipo happened i was like i was like literally cheering because it's a 10 year long story to and that a is a story, story that, yeah that gives impetus and gives energy to people like me because if there are no such stories then what are you we, playing for yeah what are, what are we playing for right we we are foregoing i don't know crores worth of salaries possibly right Correct. to do what we're doing so it there, it has to mean something in mm. the end and and this is what the meaning is right something something that really impacts and stays forever right it oh. it has the possibility of staying forever yeah. so so that's what i am seeking you know, for me what i am seeking right now is significance a brand that can live uh you know without me that's so, the kind of what would what would be your, see, i i what i've realized is when i'm talking to you is that you have a lot of experience inside right the way you're saying that i won't go for that 50 60% discount i'll play the longer game uh trying to build something big which is all come with experience uh mental experience as well but if you have looked at a lot of current young new d2c startups looking at the fomo around you right if you see your competition and this might have happened you would have seen this but now you are more resilient to that but you'll see another competition of yours giving 60% off and you're like you know what shit he's going to take all my sales let me also give 50 60% off and try to counter him and i've seen a lot of people do that what is if you had to give an advice to people who are living in this era right now building a d2c brand what would you tell them on especially this right with the fomo element what would you do see um the first thing is you have to you have to rewire your mind hmm. you have to rewire your mind about entrepreneurship it's yeah. not a sprint it's a marathon marathon and it's a really long marathon i don't know <laughs> so like like it's it's longer than other marathons yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means right in terms of relative relative yeah. uh, uh, this thing but but the idea is when you start thinking about your business from a long term perspective you will play by the by the nature and the market forces hmm. market forces will not allow you to sell you know at discounted rates because just because the other person is selling because your it would not make sense to your books hmm. and your business right so uh, and it also has to you know it's for easy for me to say because yeah. i've gone through these exactly. cycles right exactly i don't want to sound like you know like i'm a guru giving anybody gyan because it doesn't make any sense hmm. but when you have that journey of your own you realize that it takes it takes like a lot of energy you know from you now why do you want to risk that for for you know short term this is how i think correct and if somebody is giving discount 60% and if you know the market and if you know that you uh know the market right and if mm. you really know the market then i keep saying this because if you are an entrepreneur in your space and you sell anything you know your market right you know what the competitors are what what the products are what their pricing should be like mm. then you know they are not going to sustain not gonna this make. Mm. and if they have raised venture capital and if they have raised 
then the story completely changes, right? Because if they have raised venture capital, then they have displayed extremely, uh, you know, uh, different, differentiated traits as a mm. business. Mm. That is why they were able to go out and raise venture capital or raise external funding or get mm. a bank loan. So, you know, business works in very, very simple ways. The people who are winning are winning for a, for a reason. Yeah, you can go and cry in your own room and figure out what your issues are, but the reality is that somebody else is winning. Yeah, and that's the only reality of business. Yeah, yeah. So, Makes so sense. if you if you have a one month vision, if you have a one year long vision, or if you have a ten year long vision, it's going to define success for you in the long term. Hmm. So I keep I keep saying always like you know we are attacking short term, but we're thinking long term. Long term, yeah. And and that is the that is the way that I think businesses should be run of hmm. any kinds. That yeah. is my simple thought. No, very, very very wise words because this is something that I noticed. Right, a lot of people, especially right now with the current market where almost everyone's raising VC funding. Right, every other company is raising money. Uh, where Bro, that- it looks like Shashank. It looks like, but I was just telling somebody these are cycles, right? Yeah, because, yeah it's a cycle. It's a cycle. But 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 it's but it's not the reality of. Hmm. Of the, uh, if you dig down in the numbers, you will see that we still are extremely, uh, you know, low on VC. Underpenetrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and compared to the 16 boom versus now, there is an improvement, yeah. but it's still not what it can be in US. And US. Imagine, imagine, yeah. right? Imagine we're giving IP, like tech companies is given. It's one of the most successful IPOs, or mm. let's say at least at least one of the most celebrated IPOs. Wow! So my point being that we we did some 600-700 odd deals last year, mm. and this includes Series A, B. Uh, this includes your early stage deals. There is there are two deals happening which are at least documented and which are you know some sort of uh, they are registered with uh, the uh, department uh, etc. Do you? And imagine how many startups are there in India. At least you're out there Massive. fundraising on paper and uh, you know uh, DIPP website. You will see at least sixty thousand startups Massive, on yeah. paper and start. And so I feel like this entire human cry around funding is very uh, you know people like to talk about it. It's very momentary hmm. because these are cycles. These are business cycles. These will hmm. come and go. What is important to still see is that only a very, very, very tiny fraction of entrepreneurs who are out there trying to raise capital are able to raise capital. That's yeah. the metric that we should look at. Yeah. Not every, not everybody is raising money. Not everybody is getting idea stage capital, seed stage capital. And I know it because I know mm. my deal flow when I'm, and I'm not an active investor. My deal flow is so high. Mm. Like, Imagine what it would be for the VC. They see at least thousand deals in a week currently. Yeah, exactly. And if they're writing two or three checks in a month, wow. what's the big deal? That's There's a no new big way deal of looking it. at it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I didn't think about it that way. Hmm. Interesting, man. I mean, this is very, very interesting. I mean, if we keep talking, I think we'll go on forever like this. Uh, but I think no. But this is very interesting because a lot of insights uh, I'm getting, and I like thinking like this because uh, it's fun. Uh, mainly right to learn about something new learn about a new industry i'm also learning i'm also taking interest i'm, I'm understanding how that works um, yeah. but again any last thoughts you want to you want to give mm, all the best to everyone who's listened to the podcast and uh, if you were able to get any insight any 
even one small uh, difference it made to uh, your business journey then i am happy <laughs> awesome okay thank awesome guys so this was bharat i would really appreciate that you know bharat's given his time and this is amazing because the number of insights that is given for anyone who's currently either doing a d2c brand or is planning to run a d2c brand um this is valuable 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 insights and bharat i'm going to go right now and order a coffee i'm going to try that butterscotch flavor because that's something and i'm going to get the free mug as well uh, but, <laughs> uh, but awesome bharat thank you for your time again you. i know you're a busy guy um so again thank you um, see you soon yeah thank you buddy take care bye